Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. All right, let's try this for the gritty opening. Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 154 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. Now, for, for those Rocky Horror Picture Show fans out there, let's do the lockdown again. Lockdown number four, Lewis. I'm Dr. Who's counting? Who's counting? Who's counting? We're all counting. We're all counting. I'm <laughs> counting down the days until I go and get my first COVID vaccination. Right. Yeah, I've had one. You've had one, have you? I've had one, yeah. Is, is that because you're over 50? Yeah, mate. Yeah, no special. <laughs> it's because I've got disability. Oh, have you? Is that, yeah. that mustache? I didn't. I didn't know they, they classified mustache. I know that's the problem. Is that the reason yes. why they lined you up? You said, "Look, I had. I've, I've had this real sort of upper lip alopecia like, happen overnight." No, well, they saw me. They said, "Oh, you must have a disability if you got that mustache." Got the jab, <laughs> shaved it off. Done. Right. Yep. Nice. So all good. Does so, that mean you got to grow it back in two weeks so you can go back and get your second dose? They can't deny me. They can't deny. Once you've had one, you're guaranteed for the second one. Is it really? Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Do they send it away with you in your own fridge so you can get Deb to, to nail you with it in a couple of weeks? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. What if you do get turn up for your second one and they're like, oh, sorry, we're actually out of stock today. Well, and so and so this is my thing. And and hello and welcome, listeners, to uh to, to the show. Um so so it took us uh or it took me oh, I reckon eight attempts to ring through on the on the hotline to try yeah. and get through to get the uh, vaccination. We booked in for in 10 or 10 or 11 days oh, yeah. and they said so after you've had that one then you know ring up about you know 21 days later to book back in and go hang on so i've rung up now and you can't get me in for yeah. 10 days and yeah, you want me I to know. ring up in 21 days after that and try and book in for the next one it's not going to happen you know because you're going to have all these other people lining up wanting for their first lot of vaccinations mm. i mean we understand lewis how important it is giving a booster vaccination on time when required um so i've got no idea how the yeah. hell we're going to be uh, achieving that yeah i don't know mate don't know you should just rock up i reckon you just walk up and, and queue up and go and get one that's all right. just, a few of my friends have done that a few friends have done that yeah. Under Jeff Shed in the city. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> welcome, welcome to COVID talk. Yeah. Well, actually, Russia, Russia's, I had, so, so I've seen the news, Russia's vaccinating, they've vaccinated all their people. Now they're vaccinating their animals. They're vaccinating minks, dogs, and cats. The mink, finally, someone's looking yeah, after the minks. The saucy minks is getting looked after. It's wonderful. Right. So important. Right? So yeah. important. Well, the minks, yeah. Well, uh, we know we know it. that they're we know that they're a spreader when they um, a reservoir, yeah. That, that somebody should be going and uh, and vaccinating some of the Dutch minks if there's any left. Yeah, that's right. The coats go and vaccinate the coats. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what's been over this week, mate? What you got? Uh, so uh, I, I had I had an interesting one, um, an interesting case this week. I wanted to run past you. You know, grit, the, more grit, grit, very gritty, yeah, so grit. so gritty. Um, you know those times when when somebody brings you into brings in an animal to come and see you. And and they say, look, there's something that's not right with with my animal. And you go, oh, look, I I absolutely understand and believe you telling me that there's something wrong with your animal, but there's nothing here to see. Yeah, you know, I can't yes. find anything. Everything looks okay. So this yep. happened to poor Sean a couple of weeks ago, right? So um, so yeah, I think he'd been out for a week or something like that. Saw this dog. He's a like a two year old, big ridgeback staffy cross. He's like forty odd kilos. This dog, and the owner bought him in. Need a strong pair of nail trimmers. That one for Sean. Very He's, big, yes, very, very big. Yes. I've, I've already told him the, the the black nail trick, mate, <laughs> where it's 40% experience, 40% uh, anatomy, and 20% luck. And uh, then you don't have the experience yet, mate, so don't go relying on luck. I reckon I'm 40 nails, leave him alone. I reckon I'm 40% luck on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, um, so, yep, go so, on. So, so big dogs come in, um, and then look, he's, he's just, he just doesn't seem right. He just seems a little bit, uh, you know, just not himself and he just doesn't seem all, all that happy. So, you know, um, you know, nothing really on physical exam. There was no, nothing obvious, uh, you know, might've been a bit off. So I think uh, might've had like an anti-nausea injection in case he was feeling, I uh, had a, a mild gut issue, no temperature, nothing to, nothing to be excited about. So, um, came in the next day, um, to, to see me. 
no, no better, worse, worse. In fact, not eating mm. really, really unwell. So examine the dog. Um, and his temperature is now 40.5. Mm. I was like, Whoa. Okay. Right. So gee whiz, this dog's gotten pretty damn sick in a pretty big hurry. So, um, so right, well, we're going to run some blood tests and we're going to do some, um, do some x-rays and check and see if we can find a focus for where this, uh, high fever is coming from. So we put him on a drip, ran some bloods. The bloods came back as fairly sort of innocuous. Um, the owner didn't want to leave him in overnight. We had him on a drip. Fair enough. So got her to bring him in to see me again the next day. He's come in the next day. And um, so this is the third time we've seen him three days in a row. And now all of a sudden he's coming and walking like a cat on a hot tin roof. And I thought, oh, what the, what the hell's going on here now? Yeah, right. And we still had his front leg bandaged up from where we had the catheter in the night before. And so he's come in and one of his wrists – and it was puffed up, like hugely oh. puffed up. I've gone, right, well, this is something that's different because I've seen this as soon as he's walked in the door and I know for a fact that if I've spotted it straight away now, I would have spotted it yesterday. Yeah, of course. Still high temperature. said, okay, right. So now the next thing that we need to do, I think we need to be looking at sedating him and doing a, a, a joint tap on, on your dog. And it's, oh, gee, was, yo, is this, yeah, we've, we've, we, we, it's the third time we've been here. I said, no, look, I know, but it, it, now, now he's focusing our attention on the thing that is actually the problem. Yesterday he had the fever, but no, no swollen joints. So sedated him and I popped the, um, did an arthrocentesis on that joint. Popped the needle on, in there, yes. That, that yep. needle in the joint and yep. so surgical prep in there because you don't want infection getting in there. And oh my goodness, Lewis, you should have seen the, the thick, horrible fluid that came out of both because the, the other wrist was swollen as well. Wow. So, so sent it off for, for testing and it came back as a, most likely an immune mediated polyarthropathy. So, right. so what that is, uh, listen, is it's a condition where for some strange reason, the dog's immune system decided, you know what, I'm going to start creating antibodies against my joints. And so it did. So it starts. So that's the reason why he was feeling a bit off on the first day because he was starting to get a little bit sore. The second day he had the fever, and by the th it took the third day for it all to swell up. So I said to the owner, "I said, yeah, that the thing is, is that you've actually picked him up. Yeah, you know, picked up that there was something wrong with him." probably two days before a lot of other owners yeah. would have. A lot of other yes. owners would have left it a day or two days before bringing in. And we would have looked at him and said, oh, look at those big swollen joints. He's got a fever. He's got a polyarthropathy. Oh, that's going to be the top of the list. Whereas we had 48 hours of absolute head scratching trying to work out what in the hell was going on with this dog. Wow. So, Gee so, whiz. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's actually, I had a similar sort of case myself this week. Uh, frustrating. So what dog came in, older dog, uh, really unwell. So yeah. in the concert room, just it came in, just flopped on the floor. Oh, never so a good sign. Yeah, he's sort of like, oh, gee, you really don't look very well. You know, not eating. Owner thought the face was swollen. The whole dog looked sort of swollen in the face as well, a bit swollen yeah. in the skin and a really bad dermatitis in its sort of inguinal belly region and really right. incessantly scratching at home and yes. sort, of, sort of really weird. And I thought, oh, you know, yes, it's it's got a really bad skin reaction to something, but normally – a skin reaction wouldn't cause a you know real really severe lethargy or quietness mm -hmm. or go off food or that sort of thing. So, sort of looking at the dog, and so I uh, ended up you know put it into hospital, put it on a drip because I thought it's really unwell. Mm. Um, you know, I said uh, you know we'll do some sticky tape preps, check for infection in the skin, check for some mites in the skin because it was really really itchy sort of thing, and um, uh, put it on some antibiotics, all that sort of thing, and. And uh, uh, it's lymph, a couple of his lymph nodes are up, you know, mm. swollen lymph nodes. I thought, oh, maybe that, you know, maybe it's a weird kind of cancer of the skin. Yep. You know, you get those those weird sort of cancers. Heliotrophic lymphomas. Yeah. 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 Really weird cancers, which you rarely see. And so, anyway, so we, you know, took some uh, uh, some fine needle aspirates of the lymph nodes. And and in the end, it wasn't improving. And uh, and I was really sort of quite worried about it. So we actually gave an anesthetic and I did some biopsies of the skin, you know, sent some mm. off for culture of the skin, some deep my mycobacterial culture, some really full on tests, you know, to yeah. try and identify what's going on. And the dogs sort of started eating a little bit, but still really, really flat in the, in the cage and in, in the clinic. And um, anyway, so waiting the results, and I thought, oh, well, the dog's eating, I might send it home. And so I send it home and literally within a couple of hours of getting home, it, it started rubbing on the carpet because it was so itchy. Yeah. And its skin was just slothy. It was just coming oh, off off its, off its wow. ears. Yeah. Like hair was coming off and just had big. And so they always rung me and gone, oh, it just can't stop it itching at home. Is this sort of normal? 
Yeah. Well, yeah, they were really worried. <laughs> Lovely owners, really yeah. wonderful owners doing everything for the dog. And I was like, oh, gosh. You know, you know and uh, by that stage, actually, I'd done the bopsies and I'd started on some cortisone. I thought, yeah, while well, I wait for the results, let's start on cortisone. And so at home, I could not stop the itching. And so we said, I'll come back into hospital. So I brought it back into hospital. And surprisingly, when it's in hospital, it doesn't itch really weird. Right. But it had basically rubbed all the hair off its ears. If you right, yeah. Yeah, Keep. really bleeding, open sort of sores on its ears. So I was like, all right. So anyway, so, you know, we started on Pred. Eventually, I think we did get to go home after a few days and eventually got the results back. And it came back as like a, um, a severe type three hypersensitivity reaction, I think. So basically right. a massive allergic reaction to something yeah, that it caused right. the whole body, whole body swelling, the skin to swell, really bad itching reaction. Um, and uh, talking to the owner, you know, what's, what's been happening and you know, maybe it was an insect, maybe it was a different food, maybe it's on medication. Didn't seem anything at all. All that just started beekeeping. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was eating a whole beehive <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> and and, and rubbing himself. Yeah. On. Yeah, there's okay. nothing like that. the only thing they could think of was there had been a, a fire, a factory fire down their street and um, and they'd gone for a walk a couple of days after the factory fire and they thought maybe some of the chemicals that the that the right. firemen had sprayed around to, to help the fire had gone into the local park and, and yeah. maybe they got some of that on their skin, but very, very weird sort of thing. Bizarre. And in the end, actually a good result in the sense that it responded to the cortisone and, and, yeah. and got better, but um Saw it for a recheck, took the stitches out um, a couple of days ago. And, and the only goes, oh, it's actually got a little lump on its side. I was like, oh, no. Oh, crap. Little, little lump on its side. Fine needle aspirate. It's got a little mast cell tumor. Oh, to bugger. You know it. Oh, oh, no. Oh, Just got it better. Geez. And now we're back taking out, taking out a tumor off of the side of it. So oh, I really God. feel for the owners. Yeah. So wonderful. Good result. But again, similar to you. Like really weird sort of, you know, sort of uh, – uh, presentation and, and yeah, 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 just something you know. Obviously, we've been vets long enough, we know when they're weird and something's not quite right, so yeah, but, but yeah. And you know, one other thing about us being vets for, for, for so long, mate. So, every now and again, you know, I feel the need to try and don the uh, the, the, the Superman outfit and try and sort of uh, you know, butt into people when I see you know, obviously stupid things happening with their with their dogs, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah, um, but yeah. before, before we locked down, I was going for a run down at the beach down here, down at um, Parkdale, and um, I saw a uh, a uh, lovely um, elderly Asian couple down at the beach with their, um, uh, with their border collie. And the border collies down there are just having a nice little munch on a, on a dead seabird. That's just in amongst all of the, uh, the seaweed. And so I, I, I stopped and I said, ah, <laughs> look, um, <laughs> not ideal. Not, not for nothing, but probably not a good idea letting your dog be chewing that because, it, no good is going to come from it. Yeah, you know, look, I am a vet. I do know the sorts of things <laughs> that these do- that your dogs can get sick with, and that is one of them. I really think you're. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, no, that's all right. Off <laughs> Smiling away. Yeah, the dog's still in there having a nice, you know, <laughs> gnaw on that carcass. So not, you know, not all heroes wear capes, mate, or or high cut running shorts, as a, as would be you, I imagine. Oh, a very high cup, but yeah. I wear the I wear the the compression pants underneath, just so then that way if I do get any sort of you know riding up of the of, of the short leg, you know, there's no there's no sort of you know cheek exposure. Right, no escape of the Dutch carrot at all. No, the, no, none at all, the, none at all. All, all, all well, all well, well uh, kept away. <laughs> well, it's interesting you talk about the beach stuff. We um we have a lot of dogs uh, down in Port Melbourne that are eating starfish that are on the beach. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, yeah. Into, they've obviously got a few starfish washing up on the beach, and had one today. Sort of, you know, ring owners ring up, and it's really difficult to know because there's not a lot of information about starfish around our area. But I don't yeah. think they're really particularly toxic in our are they area. The yellow but, ones are they the the, the really mm, dodgy like the the imported ones, the bad ones? I tell you what they're not stamped with made in korea or made in china so i'm not sure if they are imported but right. good, good point thanks yeah no and the I color of them all about that with all your diving stuff and you're going and watching the you know the all the the seahorses getting it on and all that sort of stuff well, i thought yeah. that'd be a you know yeah, the I, thought, I, thought be, I thought you thought you'd be right 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 boned up on the uh yeah the, the dodgy dodgy uh yeah i was gonna say goldfish dodgy starfish <laughs> I must say the colour of them, when they come out of the guts and we make them vomit, it's all the same, mate. It's all just all right. chewed. All the carrots mixed in yeah. with the carrots there, the carrot gland. Be a bit but, um, of a rusty starfish sort of colour, is it? Or Yeah. 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 Ch- oh, a bit of a chocolate, chocolate starfish style. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And uh, and um, so we're not really sort of um, 
you know, I don't think they're particularly poisonous, but but we sort of tell the owners to come in and make the vomit, bring them up, you know, just in case. Certainly yeah. cause a nasty gastro, I imagine, a bit of gastroenteritis. But uh, uh, but so, yeah, so we've had sort of three dogs now in 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 the last week that have been eating starfish. The other one we tend to get is a little bit of that puffer fish poisoning around. Puffer here, fish, yes. Tell me about what 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 do you what do you terrible. do for them when they got puffer fish? Not poisoning. a lot, mate. Not a lot. Had one ring in today, actually. Yeah. And uh, the sad thing is that you know the, the pufferfish. It's a tetratoxin. So similar to when you have the um, the the Japanese or the is it the Japanese that make the the sushi with the pufferfish and um, you know if they cut the wrong area and give you the wrong bit, you essentially die off the end of your fork. Uh, yeah, as uh, as chronicled in the Simpsons, poison right. fish, poison fish, tasty fish, the fugu. Right. Give me fugu. Fugu. Okay. So yeah, so we do have some dog. We had a dog today that actually picked one up and mouthed the puffer fish. And it obviously got spiked um, by the one of the porcupine fish, I think must have been. Yeah. And then must have dropped it. But but pretty much by the time they ring us and they've had it, all they can do is gently try and hose out the mouth a little bit. I think try and try and get some of the toxin out of the mouth. But if we get them in, you know, it's it's not much we can do. They're they're normally either seizuring or, or close to death by the time we see them, unfortunately. Wow. Gee, yeah. so so what do you do with them then? You just um well, I guess, you know, try and stabilize them as best you can. I mean, uh, if they're symptomatic, they, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Symptomatic, trying to stop the seizuring, you know, putting them on fluids. Um, you know, um, I, I, yeah, there's not not a lot we can do, unfortunately. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's one, no, no good. So there you go. And then, um, and then uh, talking a bit of grit, we've got a lot of cases this week. Now that the dog uh, came in, uh, Carl saw this week, uh, brought in by an owner and uh, been scratching at one of its ears. Right, you know, and uh, and he could see he's got a dislocated elbow, so with one one arm he could sort of see down the the ear and could see a grass seed in one of the ears. Uh, right, well. fugitive style is the yeah. one arm vet. Yeah, and so he said, "Look, Lewis got two arms that that work at the moment. So can you come and have a look?" So I tried, and of course you got to hold the ear and the little otoscope with one hand, and then with a little forceps trying to get down, you know, without the dog getting too upset and getting the oh, getting wow. the grass seed out, you know. Yeah. So he, consciously, that's what we try and do. Right. Um, and uh, couldn't couldn't get it, and so I said, "Oh, look, better sedate it." Sedated yeah. the dog. Left ear, three grass seeds. Wow. Out of that ear, so thankfully we did sedate it. Then uh, righty thought, oh, I better check the righty just in case. One grass seed in the righty. So four nice. grass seeds from the one dog. How's that, eh? She was, and, and as you say, it's lucky that you did go in there because you probably, if you did pull one out, you probably wouldn't have gone fishing yeah. there again to see if Yeah, I'm a, a hero. We, we've yeah. saved it. One, it's only one. Yeah, all done. How good are we? Exactly. Yeah. So, so there you go. Always look for, always look for the second and the third. And the third, so, yeah. And check the other ear. And check yeah. the feet. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Yep. Good. Yes, good definitely. <laughs> I, I definitely did that. Yeah. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> no Carl, doubt about it. Carl might have done that with his one hand before uh, before you got in there. Pretty sure he did. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, excellent. Thanks. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, yeah right yeah. on top of it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. All righty. Well, big thank you to Zilkeen. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, Zilkeen, uh, Zil the, uh, the the super safe milk derived uh, anxiety relieving protein. I actually was speaking to an owner today, Lewis, of a a, a kitty cat that's a very. Um, you would have been really proud of me today, mate, with this uh, kitty cat in the consult room. Like he was, I, I could I could pick up on him that he was very uh, hyper reactive and aroused. He's, he's walking around, smoochy, smoochy, smooching. He's in for his vaccination. He's fifteen months old. But I could tell, Lewis, I could tell that he wasn't all that happy with, you know, right, right. anything going to happen with him. Like, so you'd, you'd pat him, but you could see him sort of look at things. I grabbed the stethoscope. I put the stethoscope on the ground. He was sort of constantly jumping. And so, you know, we, we were very careful with him and, you know, very gentle and put treats down. Yeah, you know, a number of times the cats will actually eat treats off the off the console table. pretty yes. low. This cat was one of them. Oh, um, oh really? I get, I get a high percentage, I reckon. Oh, really? You're, just, you're yeah. such a nice guy. Well, I I put out a little cafeteria, a little smorgasbord, mate. Oh, well, Do you want to hear the smorgasbord? Nice grit. Yeah, is well, grit. Yeah, smorgasbord. Grit. Yeah. yeah. Smorgasbord. So uh greenies. Yes. Uh liver treat. Yep. Uh a bit of chicken. Yeah. Chicken, uh, chicken breast. Yeah. Uh then a dined creamy treat. Oh, the out. creamy treat. The, the yes. creamy treats. A bit of a it's often a often one go. So a bit of a smorgasbord. I'll keep going until till I find something. Until you find one, right? Yeah, nice Neapol Neapolitan ice cream. 
Good one. Um, did all yep. three flavors, or did you leave yeah. the vanilla? Yeah, no, right, right. A strip had to strip right across, just straight um, across. Yeah, yeah, straight across. Um, uh, a uh, Vianetta. Oh, Vianetta. Wow. Vianetta have the fridge top shelf. Yeah, top shelf. has it been sitting in there since 1986? <laughs> it's always a bit disappointing in Vianetta. It's always a lot of excitement, but then when you eat it, it's not quite as good as you imagine. Absolutely, anyway. absolutely. And is and and you know, milk. There'd be milk in the Vianetta because Vianetta is made out of ice cream. But maybe you could put some zilkeen on there. So anyway, I was, so this 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 poor um, stressy cat. I was talk apparently at home, really good with the owners. But whenever anybody else comes around, gets himself quite upset. So I was talking about well, maybe it might be worthwhile trying to use something that's a a mild anxiety relieving medication just to try and help to see whether or not we can help to make him a little bit more compliant, you know, a little bit more relaxed in different situations. And so we had to talk about Zilkeen. Fantastic, mate. Good stuff. Great product. Everyone get, uh, if you've got any cat or dogs a little bit anxious, get on, even a horse, season horses as well. Get Absolutely. on board. Great product. Really good product. And also big thank you to Delicate Care, the Australian owned, um, uh, Australian made uh, vet only food, and you can get it from your vet. Yes, had a good good chat to Andre this week. Uh, he tried taking you one of those COVID cafes. Well, yeah, it was a bit of a yeah. We interesting story, listeners that uh, did catch up with Andre. He wanted to take me to for breakfast. Andre from Delicate Care, big shout out to Andre. Um, he comes up from Tasmania. He said, "Oh, let's go to a cafe in uh, in uh, Albert Park," and uh, and so he went to cafe in Albert Park, and then he was actually tossing up between the other cafe in Port Melbourne that what well, got a COVID positive at exactly the time we would have been there. So whew, nearly had two Whoa. weeks off work. Yeah. Nearly had two weeks <laughs> off work. Plenty of time to, to get content for the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You go, go a little stir crazy. Just sitting in your office there. You go, Hello and welcome to episode <laughs> 76 of, of, yeah. of my 14 day lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robbie's not here again, but uh, I'm here. I'm here all week, all two weeks. <laughs> hey, now, now, what sort of uh, what sort of novel protein diets do they have at the Albert Park Cafe that you ended up going to, mate? Yeah, no, nah, purely eggs on toast, mate. Just eggs, eggs on up. toast. Something there easy. You go. Something Were easy. they duck eggs? It could have been because it's duck and duck and uh, and Skippy in the in the food, isn't it? Yeah, it sure duck is. And kangaroo. I keep yes. I keep trying to bring you back, and you keep trying to swerve away. You know, <laughs> just, I feel like feel like one of those shopping trolleys has got a dodgy wheel. You know, yeah. keeps oh, keeps trying to run me into the glad wrap. Dodgy co-host, definitely, mate. That's me. <laughs> definitely. Um, and also, big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we really appreciate your support. We've got a question from, or uh, more of a. A comment, I think. A comment. From, uh, we'll take it as a comment, will we? Uh, yes, from, from one of our Patreon. We might get to a bit later on. Excellent. All righty. Now, I, this, I don't know, this week, mate, uh, or the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of, uh, in the local Australian media, a lot of uh, information about or, or some, uh, well, information about vets. Um, and, well, it's, it's a uh, hot topic short, at the moment. Hot topic. Shortage of vets. And uh, and I guess, uh, I guess, um you know the suicide rate in vets as well is a big, you know, big thing that the the, the mainstream media seem to pick up, um, and and it's also been linked to vets being put on the priority migration skilled occupation list. Um, so I guess before we talk about this, just you know, if if you feel uh, you know you you uh, this this is triggering or, or anything mm-hmm. at all, um, you know, we are just going to talk about suicide, I suppose, you know. Please uh, contact Lifeline Australia on 13 11 14, or if you're overseas, um, contact your local crisis centre for support. Absolutely. Um, but this is an article that uh, was in the Herald Sun. Uh, uh, they It's uh, titled Vet Suicides Alarm, Abuse, Low Pay, Burnout Fuels Crisis. They are the ultimate caregivers, but veterinarians are themselves in dire need of help. Their dream career of saving the lives of family pets has descended into grim national tragedy. They're taking their own lives at a rate four times higher than the general public. A Sunday Herald Sun investigation has found bullying, abusive clients, poor pay and burnout from the crushing burden of being endlessly on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week has pushed the highly trained professionals to the brink. Vets are being physically attacked and verbally abused by clients who don't want to pay their bills or object when they're told they've been neglecting their animals. I don't know we say that they're neglecting their animals, but um, no, perhaps no, there's I, a perception there. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. that's a, that's, a, that's certainly like a, you could see how it could happen in certain like welfare sort of things. But I think most vets are pretty tactful of working out ways of being able to, because obviously it's going to be a pretty emotionally charged situation. So usually you're not going to sort of leave yourself open for that 
sort of thing. Yeah. But obviously, you know, the, the, the Herald Sun's reporting it. <laughs> well, I think we just want, really, we just want the clients on board, you know. And if you if you're openly critical to clients where they've been at to get to the point with you, they're not going to then listen to you Absolutely. afterwards. They're just going to hear the criticism, I think. So we're not really there to criticize. We're there to actually help. And, you know, the fact that whatever's been happening for last, whatever in your life, um, it sort of doesn't really affect us. We're there to treat the animal as it presents, aren't we? So for sure. Um, there are 1,200 full-time positions which can't be filled and demand for veterinary services jumped by 30 to 40% post COVID after people took on new pets and that's, and that's only full time positions too, you know, full time, you know, there's there's going to be other, you know, that's, that's not going to count people needing part-time. Yeah. That might not be that you need a full-time job. It might just be that you need someone part-time to try and help out probably even cut you for locum covers so that those people that are in jobs can actually then get away on and have some sort of a break with their families and have some time off. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're in a crisis. In my first three to four months as president, I think I wrote a letter every month to the family of other vets who had suicide in Australia. Warwick Vale, president of the Australian Veterinary Association, said, wow. Mm. And since since then, I've been to two other funerals of colleagues that I've known. The big, hairy, audacious goal is I set for the organisation is to reduce suicide by 50% over the next five years and an improvement in uh, in mental health. Overseas veterinarians were last week given a special exemptions to enter Australia to address the acute shortage of vets. Many new graduates are quitting the profession after one or two years. Vet students graduate with a hex debt. So that's a student debt for those overseas yep. of about 100000 while those paying full fees have about a $280,000 bill. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's Aussie dollars. That's, and that's oh. a long way to start behind when you oh. then graduate and start earning money. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, huge. However, the award wage for a first event is just 52000 The medium income in the profession is just $84,000 a year, and more than eight in 10 vets earn less than 140000 a year. So... You know, it's not it's 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 comfortable living, I guess, but for for the hours and the, um, and the I guess the experience and the you know, and the so. the the expertise that it's taken to get there, I think, is the big thing. The fact that it, you've taken, you know, five to six years of tertiary education to reach that point. You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is about a third of the pay of a general practitioner. So that, uh, that's a doctor, obviously, um, compared with the 37,000, sorry, compared with 70,000 for a first year teaching salary. So it's a good 20 grand more to be a teacher in your first year than it is to be a vet. Mm. Um, and it's also similar to the $26 an hour rate earned by your local barista. Mm. Vets also have to buy hundreds of medications and expensive equipment to run a practice. An MRI machine costs $1 million. An ultrasound machine costs $380,000. Jeez, is, I'm yeah. glad I don't have that ultrasound machine, mate. Yeah, I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah I, yeah, I wasn't sure what machine that is, but that has got a lot of bells and whistles on it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think I think that one gets the dog out of the cage, holds the holds the dog, and uh, and does the ultrasound itself as well, and makes that that coffee that the Brewster's making for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yes. And there is indemnity insurance. Vets are increasingly subject to abuse from clients with one young vet recently pillared after she euthanized a dog bitten by a snake because the owners could not afford the $2,000 anti-venom. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So there is a lot of that. And um, and then there's it's followed up by another article. This was in the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, uh, uh, Immigration Minister Alec Alex Hawke confirmed vets will be placed on the priority migration skilled occupation list, allowing them to apply for an exemption to enter Australia. Uh, Dr. Vale, again from the AVA, president of the AVA, welcomed the addition of the vets to the PMSOL, but said it was a short-term measure to get over a crisis and deeper problems remain. The solution is from within in many ways, he said. The profession has to change its workplace culture. The veterinary industry has been plagued by attrition for years, blamed on poor pay, burnout, a mismatch between expectations and reality, as well as the depressing nature of aspects of the job. Unnecessary euthanasia is common when clients cannot afford the procedures required to save a pet's life or improve its quality of life. Can I, you know, yep. do all down on that? How often do you 
think that you're euthanizing dogs. So say, if, you know, what percentage of your euthanasias are because an owner can't afford uh, the procedure at, at your, at your click, just a, a uh, ballpark kind of number. Oh, uh, it'd be low percentages, mate. It could be un- easily five, 10%, very, very low. I, reckon. I, I would have said it'd be very much, it'd be yeah. even lower than that. Ve- I reckon. Very yeah. low. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, um, I'm sure that that's different in different demographics. Yes. Well, you know, I reckon, um, yeah, I reckon when I worked in sale, uh, there was a percentage there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a and, definite percentage, a higher percentage there. And, and I get what you're getting at, mate. It's a socioeconomic thing. Definitely. That I think perhaps where our practices are, we are fortunate that, um, mm. that a lot of owners have some disposable income, I guess you could call it some, some to, to be able to provide the best of, top-notch care that, that their pets need and and or at I, least some care you know yes, even if yes. it's you know, some, some care other than euthanasia option yeah i mean we do have a little bit of um uh, public housing in our area i guess so we do get perhaps a few owners who who just you know, really sort of struggle but but it's not often that we're euthanizing them for for something they can't treat i guess it would be more along the lines, if it was a you know severe car accident or something Correct. like that, um, like a humane a humane decision. Yeah, know? yeah, and, and I think so. Because that's one of the ones that I, yeah, you know, I guess the thing that I look at. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you could throw any amount of money at um at, at a case, you know, but if it's a futile thing, you know, yes. is it actually beneficial for the animal to have its its life prolonged if you can't prolong its quality of life, you know, and yeah. do you want to put an owner through that as well? You know, I think yeah. that's, yeah, but anyway, that's not solving yeah. the world's problems. I mean, yeah. I mean, we the still- thing I have a, bo- uh, a bone with. Yeah. I mean, we certainly get, do get quite a percentage of clients that, that, that uh, you know, perhaps just don't have the means of other clients, which is, I'm sure every clinic gets that, yeah. but, but I can't think about if yeah, there's been a lot of euthanasia for, for, um, for, for on based on monetary basis. So, I guess the thing I wanted to drill down a little bit on was just this priority migration skilled occupation yes. list, put, putting us onto that. I mean, as, as an employer, mate, I'm sure you probably, that that's right up your alley. You think, oh, great. It'll help fill a little bit of a void possibly of some vets that, that, that are needed in the industry. Yeah. So um, I, I get, I'm going to get on my soapbox and I'm going to, you know, I'm going mm. to come in, came, come in off the long run and, you know, throw a bit yeah, of yeah. shade and a bit of controversy on mate, here. We've, we've, we've got, got grit, we've Lewis. Got, we want, yeah, we, We've got five minutes. Let's do it. We, we want grit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, no, so I think absolutely they've, they've got to do it. They've got to try and get more, more vets in because our, our current, uh, our current way of trying to make our own vets just ain't working. We just don't have enough vets uh, that are, that we're producing to try and fill the holes. But well, as the, I, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to pick you up then, mate. Yeah. We've got enough vets. We don't have enough employees. So there are plenty of vets out there. Yeah. But not a lot of them are working. That's so, the so, issue, I reckon. Go on. Yeah, so, so that was the thing that I was going to peg in is that you we need to be, you know, as much as what, uh, it's it's about trying to fill the holes that are actually there. You need to be getting people that are wanting to fill the positions. It's one thing mm. to graduate as a veterinary scientist, but there's a difference between graduating as a veterinary scientist and wanting to work as a vet in all the many different you know ways and means that there are of working as vets. You know whether or not that's you know you want to go and work in a lab or you want to go and yeah, work yeah. with horses or you know work with pigs or chickens or whatever. Um, I think one of the issues is going to be that for the, for the vets to come in from overseas, they need to be sponsored. Um, and for me being a, uh, or my belief is, is that, that they, they need to be sponsored by an employer um, to come to Australia. Is that your, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think now they're on the priority list, mate. They, well, they can, can just get in, in on the visa. Yeah. So that, that does plug a, a short term gap, but I think my issue is certainly that, you know, unis are putting out more vets than they've ever put out. Yeah, absolutely. And there are, there are plenty of vets in Australia, but there's a reason why there aren't employed vets. And and yeah. that's what needs to be addressed. It doesn't – why are vets leaving the industry? Why, why are they not taking up jobs? You know, why do we need this when we've got enough vets out there? There's probably enough registered vets out there, mm. but they're not, they're not sort of working. And, and you know, is it, you know it's, it's a combination of so many things. There's the poor conditions. There's the mental health. There's the hours. There's bosses. You know, potentially there are poor yeah. bosses out there. There's poor pay. There's after hours. And, and really just throwing more vets at it, that's not fixing that problem potentially. 
You know, I, th- I think uh, almost one thing of it is let's get people who um, it's almost that, well, if, if, if our own country people, if our own country's vets don't want to work, well, let's get some vets from other countries that do want to come and work. Mm, you know, mm, it's a, it's a mm. thing of go, well, you know, if we're, if they don't want to work hard enough, we'll replace them with people that do want to work. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the, be the solution because then, you know, those people that are coming over on the visas, like they're not necessarily going to be allowed to stay forever. You know, that, you know, they're, they're, are they going to be, is it going to be a temporary visa thing? Is there going to be a certain, Look, when I was uh, researching the uh, the oh, yes. podcast chat we're going to do deeply, I just perhaps forgot to look a little bit more closely. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure while while you're on the migration list, I'm, I'm sure you can stay for for an, a, an extended a, period. An extended period, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah I, I would yeah. imagine it wouldn't just be six months. I imagine there'd be a there'd be an option to say for quite quite perhaps while you stay on the extended list. But similarly, um, dentists, you know, they got put on the priority list and they spent many years trying to get off that priority list, I think, because they felt it diluted their workforce in, in yeah, many right. respects that, that, but potentially the thought is that overseas vets come in and, um, and, uh, and that they're not, uh, they don't necessarily demand as, as high a salary. So they push the prices down and, and that, yeah. that's going to, that's going to potentially, I, I suppose, vets that are leaving the industry because they're getting paid poorly. It's going to um, make it worse. Potentially. Yeah. There's yeah. A, and it was interesting. There's a, I don't know if you saw it. I think I sent you the link a couple of weeks ago, the conversation hour on the ABC. Yes. A wonderful, wonderful section on, uh, on this whole issue of, of vets and suicide and, and, um, and uh, mental health and, and the lack of vets and lack of vets, particularly in the rural communities. Yes. Um, and, and interesting, you know, had some great points that people brought up and, but, but then a, 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 Perhaps an older vet, even older than us, mate, rang up the radio, um, and uh, and helpful as he was, went to town on new grads, new graduate veterinarians, saying that yeah. all the new graduate veterinarians they have to run lots of tests. They can't diagnose anything without running lots of tests. They they'll spend, uh, you know, two thousand dollars of the of the owner's money only to say, oh, it's got an abscess and it needs to go on, on antibiotics. Um, which is an interesting thought because I remember being a new graduate myself, mate. And I certainly came out of uni thinking that I need to run a lot of tests. I don't think that's changed no. over the yeah. years. Sure. The testing has changed. There wasn't MRI when we graduated. There, there may be with CT scans, but there wasn't the, the access to all the equipment that we've got these days, but, but you still, I felt worked, learn pretty quickly to work within the budget of the client and, and try and work out a solution than just saying, Oh, if it can't solve it, it can't solve it. So I wasn't kind of irked me a little bit. What I, I, I think he might've been a bit ham fisted. I think a ham fisted mm. way of trying to say that you know, learning how to be a vet is a, like there's, there are certainly that like I'd, I'd say to, um, to, to Sean at work there, there is an art to veterinary science, yeah. you know, yeah. there absolutely is an art to veterinary yeah, science. Right. If, given that, yeah, you know, often we are constrained by budget and also constrained by by ability of what we can actually yeah. try and do. You know, um, and and a big part of um what we need to be able to try and do is not necessarily every case is going to be treated exactly the same way. You know, you, so it's a it's a matter of gauging pretty early on what it is that the owners actually want from the case because if you can if you know what the owner's expectation is, you know, and you know what you need, what, what you'd like to do, you can try and find that middle ground that tries to keep everybody happy because if you could, and, that, and that's certainly the way that I try and approach being a vet. Um, if I can find that, like if I've got an owner that is absolutely flat out wants to do everything, that's no problems at all. I can do everything I can, or I'll send you off to go and see someone that can do all the stuff that I can't. Mm. But if you want me to give it your be- give it my best shot, and this is what my plan is, and this is the reason why I'm going to be doing these things, and this is what I'm hoping to find from what I'm going to be spending your money on, I find that if the owners are given those options, um, they seem to be happier, you know. And so then, if they're happier, it makes my job easier, and that's what I'm trying to um, pass on to to Sean as as the as his mentor, I guess. Yeah. You know, of of trying to trying to find that art in in how to be in how to be a vet. Yeah, well, well, I mean, uh, you know, it's sort of, you know, uh, um, it does come with experience, hundred percent. Um, yeah, and I think, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's certainly we need to offer options. It's part of what we're from the veterinary board that we mm-hmm. must 
you know, offer options for from anything from doing that MRI scan right through to potentially, you know, the euthanasia, I suppose, if 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 odors cannot afford any any sort of treatment in between. So so that's 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 certainly something that we can offer. But I really just it just really triggered me a little bit that the this older vet just going to town on the new grades that they just weren't good enough. Mm. Um, it's a really common sort of thing. That doesn't really help the industry. And and then in his next breath, what did he think the solution would be? He thought more mentoring mentoring was needed. There you go. I thought, I thought well, if there's a mentor out there that, uh, that someone doesn't want to get, it's probably not that old fella. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's lambasting and pillaring every every uh, every new grad that's gone out into the industry. So yeah, interesting times, mate. It it, it is yeah, and I think um. I think certainly something has to be done. Vets coming in from over. I, I completely agree with you. I remember because um, you would have seen that when, because you worked in England for the foot and mouth stuff, didn't you? Back uh, no, at the turn of the century. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. No, no, no. Ah, no, right. no I just missed that. Yep. Yeah, right. Because when, um, when we were over there, we saw the tail end of it where a lot of the, because um, they'd they opened up the, the uh, for a lot of, uh, East or European yes. to come in, yes, and they and they all stayed there, and so yeah, right. and so England went from being the rivers of gold, where you'd go into a uh, mm. a, a locum agency and they just have books and books and books and books of jobs. So when we went over there, there was bugger all jobs there. You know, right. like we had, to, we, had to, we had to work really hard trying to find jobs. We always did, but yes. I think then the jobs got harder and harder to find where those uh, where those vets that came in to try and fill the hole for foot and mouth then didn't go back, um, didn't go back to their countries again. Yeah, um, right which is going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in Australia is the same thing going to happen, you know? So if they say that there's 800 jobs or that they're going to get 800 vets in straight away, what's that going to do for then the new grades that are going to come out then next year as well. And then mm. we're going to have our eight vet schools in Australia pumping out all the new grades and hello to all our new grad listeners out there. <laughs> uh, I'm sure everything will be fine. It's, yeah. Um, you know, but, but that's the, yeah, that's that sort of ripple, you know, I don't think throwing numbers at it is necessarily the issue. Like it's, it's interesting. You know, when you talk about the, um, you know, the, the, the pay thing, you know, we were talking, um, you know, off air about how um, the, how the, the, the pay of vets is going up exponentially, partly because of the the fact that there are very few vets out there looking for jobs. So therefore, yeah. you know, mm. the pay pays are going up, going up uh, up, up an incredible amount. But you know, for, for me as being a business owner, I bought my business at a certain level of profitability to make sure that I can pay the bank back so the bank doesn't take my house, you know? Yes. So, so therefore, if I'm paying my vets more because that's what I need to do, well, then that's going to correlate in, yeah, and this is happening across the industry now that then uh, the services, are, you know, fees for services are going up. Yes. And we've always been, you know, it's viewed by, uh, by a client. Well, not always, but quite often by our clients as, oh, you charge too much and oh, yes. you know. And so yes. that's always been one of these things. It's been one of these driving forces of, um, of, of, uh, you know, unhappiness between pet owners and vets. That's going to get worse. Yes. That is, that is going to get mm. worse. Mm. And, and that is a real problem. Mm, yeah, no, it's going to have a throw, flow and effect definitely, and uh, just just I, I don't know what the solution is, mate. I don't know that two, you know, middle age podcast, slightly balding pod, well, one more yeah. than the other yeah, podcast. Well, you know, I'm men. getting there. Yeah, I'm, pod, I'm, I'm pod, getting there with all this worrying about the industry, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think we're going to solve it, but uh, but you know, there's a lot of people perhaps more educated than us and more on on the ball than us, but. Um, yeah, it's just it seems like an industry problem. I feel that um, that 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 for too long, for some reason, it's been taken a given that that vets you know could work the long hours, you know, take the abuse, um, you know, just just be resilient, kick on, work the work the after hours, you know, pay don't get paid so much, um, and and everything will be fine. Well, it's sort of coming to a point now where no, it's not all fine. And, and and it's it's a really interesting thing that you're saying with that because you know if you think back even to when we graduated 20 years ago 20 odd years ago that that you know which for the new grads coming out now you think oh wow 20 years you know you, you that's that's such a long time ago it actually wasn't that all that long ago to us you know no. um but but it is but but the them. time oh absolutely but the yeah. 
the way that the world has changed from then that when we graduated, that was the expectation of what we mm. were going to do. Mm. But the expectation has the expectation shifted, but the, the, the industry hasn't. No, you know, you're right, mate. That's a good way to put you know, it. That, yeah. that, the, that the expectation of the industry is that things are going to keep on going, but the expectation of the people working in there is that, well, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm. And so it's like there's been this discord between when we graduated 20 years ago and probably, I don't know, say 10, 15 you know, years later, and now we're seeing just this absolute schism of, you know, of, of where we where we were where we are, you know, and there's, there just does seems to be no common ground in there, but as you say, yeah, we can pontificate, but not change anything. Well, it's, it's hard, mate. There are some powers to be that having good crack at it. So yeah. Um, yeah but uh, be yeah, kind to your vets out there, people. Yes. Yes, definitely. I reckon I've seen a little bit of a shift. Some owners. So there are some owners that have really been reading the newspapers, I reckon, which is lovely. Yeah. Or perhaps I'm just more aware of it, but it's, we do in saying that we have some lovely clients. We do. Absolutely. Very, very blessed with some of the clients I have. Um, yes. You know, really, really nice. And I try and focus on them a lot. But anything we've talked about, if that bothers you, please get in contact with Lifeline Australia, uh, 13, 11, 14, or your overseas uh, local crisis centre, if, um, if anything we talked about has triggered you. And you know what? If you've got a gritty take on what we've been talking about, why not send us an email? Get part of the conversation. You know, uh, you know, send it to us at two vets talk pets at gmail.com. You know, we'd love to we, we'd love to get a, a, a bit of a thought process going on where we think things are at and where you think things are at, because why not? You know, if if, if one of our listeners has the uh, you know has found the the holy grail of being able to solve this problem, we'd love to share it with the uh, the powers that be. Yeah, get some credit exactly. for it. It's great. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have got a um we have got an email from uh, from one of our, uh, I think one of our Patreon listeners. Yes. So, will we go into the slam and then we'll chat? Absolutely. On that? All advice on the show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up to date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification. So this was um you you put out a call a couple of weeks ago about uh, the informed consent yes um and we got a flood of emails which we've slowly been sorting through and discussing as the weeks go on a haven't slew, we a slew a yeah. slew yes obviously a really hot button topic there uh, that uh, triggered a lot of people but got one in from uh, Holly uh, from Holly Franz I think it is um, she says hi and I don't think it's uh, technically about informed consent, but it's technically, well, her email says, hi, it's technically not informed consent in terms of having all the information available. So not quite the email that yeah. perhaps Robbie was hoping for. That's fine. Um, oh, I can I, smell something burning, mate. So um, that, it's actually funny that you mentioned that. Um, the, the Christina and the kids have lit a fire up in the front of our house. So I think maybe you're getting it through the, uh, through the microphone. I don't know. I've got to go and check. I'm going to say, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go, listeners. This is just a little bit of thinking music. I don't, I don't actually have Holly's uh, email. Lewis is currently walking around trying to work out what's on fire. He's uh, having a little bit of a sniff underneath the desk. He's uh, he's now now he's come back on top of the desk. Now he's heading out into the hallway. So uh, so just for listeners at home, Lewis's hallway is just out to the left of his recording desk. Uh, he's had to turn the lights on because it got a little bit dark in Port Melbourne. So he's walked out there. So whether or not it might be one of his down lights that might be burning, I'm not quite sure. I think at this stage, he's probably walking up the stairs, walking up the stairs to go and make sure that one of the girls isn't burning. He's possibly also going into the kitchen. He does have two teenage girls. So there is a chance they could be cooking him dinner and they may be burning it. Let's find out. Tell us, Lewis, where the fire? I don't know, mate. I can still smell it. It's just around me. <laughs> my, my, maybe my computer's getting too hot. It's just burning up. Hot stuff. It's all the gritty, gritty content. It is. All the emails have been getting in about informed consent. Whoa, just yes. chugging away. It's going to melt down. It's burning anyway, the server down. Maybe. Anyway, I'll let you know if I, maybe, maybe my pants are on fire. Who knows? Whoa, anyway. Hey, where's that character? Liar, liar. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. Um. So back to Holly and her question. Well, I think it's more of a comment. Um, uh, she says that being a vet patient in times of COVID has had its challenges. So in America, we're not allowed to accompany the pet into the facility. So this isn't COVID times, mm. obviously. Um, we've relaxed this, although Melbourne, we're on seven days of lockdown again. So who knows? That might change for us soon anyway. So a vet tech meets us on the sidewalk and takes the dog away. The vet calls us to talk about whatever is going on and then they return the dog or cat or whatever. Super stressful for everyone, but the staff who for once 
don't have to deal with irritating people. So the vet staff, I think mm. she's saying that we don't have to deal with irritating people. I think insinuating that owners in general are irritating people, which it's a, it's a broad it's stroke. It's a broad brush. Yeah, it's interesting because when we were in lockdown, it was actually harder, I reckon, without having owners there. I don't see, the, yeah. see them as irritating as perhaps we all thought they were mm. <laughs> or might have yeah. been, I guess, uh, in the sense that we always thought of the, the perfect clinic was just having animals allowed in the clinic and no owners. And we realised that that's a really difficult way to run a clinic, which we're all yeah. finding out now. Her issue. There are so many gaps in information sharing that could be resolved with at least a video consult versus a phone call, but present regardless. So regular annual shots or vaccinations. My dog had what turned about to be an allergic reaction to a set of vaccinations, but since I didn't see where the location of vaccinations were and the vet didn't think to tell me. Uh, it took a minute to connect the dots and realize that the source of the swelling, pain, leg dysfunctions, so obviously she had a dog that was lame after a vaccination into maybe uh, into one of the legs or something like that. Um, and so she's sort of saying that had there been a video consult, I guess she would have witnessed the vaccination sort of going on and um, and, and realized oh, that might be what, what we're looking at. For my precious... Uh, plot. I don't know what that means. P L O T T. It must be a term. Oh, that'll be the, that'll be the type of dog. That Holly's Holly's. Oh, like, yeah. We do this every Holly's, time. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, I, I remember Holly and her plot. Her plot Excellent. dog. Yeah. yeah. Petunia. Uh, she had a pretty sudden cancer and surgery last fall. Uh, for Australia, that's autumn. And when she went in for the surgery, the doc told me over the phone that if she opened her up and found cancer everywhere. They go ahead and euthanize her and i was like uh not without me saying goodbye yeah um this was a surgery facility about one and a half hours from home um and because of the shortage of specialists and increase of demand we had to go pretty far to find availability um when i said that's not okay i want to sort of be there to say goodbye she offered they'd close her up and stabilize her until i got could get back and they let me in she came out of okay, but I've never once met the surgeon, just a voice over the phone. Mm. Luckily, when my same precious plot, Petunia, blew a knee a month or so ago, the PT came out. PT. don't know what that means. PT. Anyway, the vet or the vet tech came out on the sidewalk with us to examine the injury and determine Personal trainer. The PT. Yeah, I know. That's what, that's what it yeah. is in Australia. Yes. Uh, Neither the surgery. Since then, another PT has had Zoom consults with us to work on a pre-surgery rehab. My regular house school vet is, can you can you... Continue to do house calls and just seize the pet outside. Full transparency and natural dialogue. So I appreciate the vets are pressed for time and just want to get the job done. But as a pet caretaker, I prefer more information, a connection to the care provider, and to be able to witness what's happening, surgery excluded. I wish folks could be more creative and understand the full cycle of care versus a transactional approach. Thanks for all you do, Holly. Yeah, so, very good points that you raise mm -hmm. there, Holly. And I think something that um, certainly some things that I felt pretty strongly about when we were in lockdown last year, you know, when we had the um, the outdoors uh, consulting, like I, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I really didn't enjoy not having owners in the um, in the building because I, I, I get so, I remember we spoke about this last year. I get so much from being able to look at people face to face yes. and being able yes. to pick up the nuances of their, um, yes. of their, you know, are, are they listening? Or do they look like they're, they're upset? Do they look like they're actually taking it in? Are they checking their phone? You know, all that sort of stuff. So um, I always made sure that I would go out and talk to the owners at the start and take the history, bring the animal in and then come back out and again, talk to the owners again. And it, it, efficiency wise was horrific, you know, mm. and that's part of the reason why we were so busy last year, because I'd always want to make sure, like I was saying earlier, I always want to make sure I give my owners a chance of being able to feel like they're part of the decision-making process, you know? Um, and I'd, I'd never enjoyed talking to people on the phone. I reckon I did it for two days and I said, nah, this is not for me. I've got to get out and I've got to get out and talk to people. So, um, so I, I think, it's, um, I mean, we've been luckier in Australia where we haven't, or in Melbourne, you know, where we haven't had as much COVID as what there's been in America. So I think that's, that might be part of the thing you know, that they're trying to help to protect. But I, I absolutely get where you're coming from, Holly, of being able to actually look the person in, in the, the eyes of who is the one that is caring for your pet. Yeah, I totally agree, Matt. I, you know, it wasn't fun. I'd certainly, I guess, 
there's 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 so many so many sort of facets to it i mean it's it's number one it's not something that us vets are used to doing yeah um it's certainly everyone talks about being pivoting and agile and you know all that sort of thing well vets as we just talked about you know the industry hasn't changed you know in 20 years you know or mm. the industry hasn't changed certainly the personnel have seemed to have changed but but the industry haven't so we are slow to adapt and and certainly older and more than happy to do some video behavior consult uh, yeah. video consults um uh you know with owners on the video but but it's like you know if i do it on an ipad or on my phone it's like well the the reception's often poor i can't exactly see what i'm doing and then yeah. you know can you know and and it did add to the complexity and the time and we were still are just so busy trying to get everything done and it's not necessarily a transactional approach but i do feel that when we are busy unfortunately the first thing that seems to have gone is that personal experience with with owners mm. um and just the fact that uh you know we we just don't I, you know for myself I, I didn't have time to go out on the to to have a pet come into the clinic, me go out to the owner, find out what the problem is, come back to the, to the, to the pet, treat the pet or look at, you know, look at the pet, whatever the problem is. And then to go back out to the owner to say, this is the problem. This is the treatment we need. Well, I've got someone holding the pet in the consult room. Who's yeah, nurse, waiting. And, yeah. Waiting. Yeah. And then go out to the owner and go, is that okay to give that? Yes. Okay. So go back and then give the treatment and then get the dog. It, it's a, it, it, you know, I, it I, I totally, yeah. yeah, I totally appreciate that. And even, even with masks on, it's difficult because I don't get a lot of the nuances in people's facial expression mm. as well. I find that's difficult too. So I, I don't know the solution, Holly, you know, I, I do sort of feel for you and, um, and, and as much as I could, I would try and, 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 and do the video stuff. Um, and I guess the thing it's is never going to be the same. I guess if they're going to take the time of, sp of spending the time with you on the phone, that'd be the thing of where you'd say, well, can we, can we do it? You know, uh, as a, as, as a zoom or something like that, it's again, it's that extra level of complexity of being able to do it. Cause you've got to set it up and you've got, you've got to do it as, as a FaceTime or whatever, but, um, yeah, well, certainly that clinic, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in the consult room on my own usually, unless the, yeah. the, you know, I'm having trouble you know, managing, you know, we, 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 uh, I don't know, some of us vets just really good at being able to do everything, you know, looking after the pet, distracting with treats, you know, getting mm. them to do everything. Um, and, and I can do that. Well, then if I've got to hold a phone in my hand to try and get the video to show yeah. what I'm doing, because, you know, the, the pet's moving around, you know, we don't have cameras in the rooms Absolutely. because there's a confidentiality issue. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it is really difficult. And, um, and yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, probably I've had more complaints. Definitely. Don't doubt it with, with the lack of being able to show empathy and showing exactly what we're doing and, and getting that, that, uh, that communication going. So it is, it is a, it is a really difficult thing. And I feel, you know, it's great for us. We're small clinics yeah. where we can do that, you know, sort of thing. But, but if you're in a big clinic and you've got a car park full of people, you know, and you, you've got to go out and, and try and chat to every single one of them face to face, try and find that car and come away from the clinic and then go back to the clinic and, and then come out again. It's, 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 there's some real complexities there. So totally understand Holly, where, where you, where you're coming from. And I think you probably appreciate where we're coming from, but. Um, yeah. And I think the thing with, with uh, another thing with that Holly is that if you're like anything, you know, you're, you're, you're a consumer. And so if you're not, happy with what it is that you're consuming, then go and find somewhere else to consume it. Yeah. You may find, you know, somewhere else. I mean, it's going to be hard when you're going and seeing a specialist because the thing is with specialists, they are, they're, they're going to be even busier than what your normal general practice mm -hmm. vet is because they're getting all the crap that the general practice vets can't deal with. So that, that, and that's tough. You know, I think when you're talking about those highly emotional times and also highly ex financial expensive situations as well, I think that's pretty, um, you know, it, it's pretty tough. I think it's just a, a going to be a very difficult thing to be able to try and try and do this, but always talk to them, Holly, you know, if you go, look, I, I, I feel like I, she did the right thing of saying, no, I'm not going to be happy with that. What else? What's another yeah. option? What's another yeah. option? The best thing to do. Well, that's right. Exactly. Our communication, you know, it, it does go both ways that, uh, you know, yes, we're trying to, we're trying to get as much done as we can during the day and get it done the best way we can. And now obviously our priority is the, the animals mm. um, and, and perhaps the owners are getting forgotten in that. And if you feel you are just pipe up and say something, we, we are traditionally, we're dealing, not dealing, but we're talking to people all day. So we are often 
quite good at communicating or most of us mm. tend to be and and if you feel you're not getting that just just pipe up and say it and we can do our best to, to remunerate or not remunerate to uh to, to, um, to rectify. rectify 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 is the word i'm looking for yeah so yeah excellent uh, look good, good thanks, comments thanks, from for, thanks for your input though yes. holly thanks for getting in contact if you've got anything to to add to that you know two vets talk pets at gmail.com let that, us know. well that's definitely gritty so thanks holly that's gritty right in line gritty. with everything yeah, yeah. gritty Gritty's good. The whole stuff. Yeah, Gritty's awesome. good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so yeah, if you uh, two vets pets at gmail.com, if you've got any thoughts about how to fix the vet industry, <laughs> yes. you've got that email, that panacea, the the uh the uh the missing link. Yes, the missing link. Perfect. Yeah, the holy yeah, yeah. grail, the holy um, grail. Yes, yeah. the, the Indiana that, that, Jones. Absolutely. Oh. The missing piece of the puzzle, let us know because there yeah. is there are several people that are interested. Yes, that's right. But that's actually serious. If you have got some ideas, do please let us know. We're on the socials um, and it's getting dark. So it's probably time to finish so up. So dark. Absolutely. Yeah. I, hope, I hope you're fine with that fire is, mate. Mm, yes, yeah, so do I. <laughs> All right. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Scratch, scratch you later. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.